Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome to episode 63 of The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm Nathan, and today I'm joined by Haley from our team at ConvertKit. Haley, how are you doing today? Oh gosh, you know, today is Friday. We just had an awesome creator session uh, go live. So I'm doing great. I'm doing nice. great. How are you? I'm good. Definitely green today. Yeah, I love the creator session. We'll spend a bunch of time talking about that because um, for those who don't know, well, people know this, right? Because you're on the creator sessions, but you're the mastermind behind all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really green. You've been on the show before. But for those who don't know, why don't you give like maybe the 30, 60 second version of what you do at ConvertKit and, uh, and maybe how that's changed over the years. Cause you're coming up on three years at ConvertKit. I, July 5th was three years, was my three year anniversary at ConvertKit. It's been the best three years in my working career, I think. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So I guess if we throw it back to like, you know, July 5th, three years ago, I joined the team as a salesperson to try to help get more creators that we wanted using uh, ConvertKit. And that iterated over time. And then I started owning events. And then COVID happened. And <laughs> I, uh, Derek and I, the director of marketing, sat uh, sat down and, and we looked at my entire 2021 20, uh, schedule and we said, well, crap. <laughs> and so I kind of just dreamed up this idea. In fact, I was I was looking for it in Slack, which is our like internal communication tool. And I was looking for the message that I put out to the team saying, hey, I have this idea. I want to do it. I couldn't find it. But Barrett responded and he said, run, run, run you know, or like, do it, do it, do it. It was something in threes, you know? And I remember that first one went live with Abby Rodriguez. We, we cooked dinner in her kitchen. It's since obviously changed quite a bit since then. And I called Barrett the second it was over. And I said, give me all the feedback. I want to know all the things. And he said, I think you're onto something. And then he said, I want you to lean in so hard to this that it's uncomfortable because you're worried, you know, because you don't know if it's going to work. But unless you really, really lean into this, you know, there's a chance that we miss this opportunity to create something really magical. And I have just so basically since that day, I've been trying my best to do that. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've learned a lot of things, but um Man, it's been a it's been a fun what I think like eight ten weeks. Yeah, it's it all. I mean, creator sessions started right about the same time that this podcast started. Of basically us as a company going, we have these big plans for the year. We've got all this going on, and none of that is going to work. <laughs> you know, everything has to change. Let's turn for a second and talk about what just went live. The session with Matt Kearney. Which I, let's see, I first saw Matt in concert. I think he opened for Need to Breathe maybe five years ago in Boise. And it just so good. And then, you know, I've listened to him all the way along. And then, you know, whatever it was a month ago or so when you're like, hey, I booked Matt Kearney. And it was like, 
had him in the list of who I listened to nonstop on repeat. But maybe talk about, well, yeah, how'd you think the session went? Uh, I'd love that anyone tuning in in the chat listened. Uh, I'd love to hear what they thought. But yeah, what's it what's it feel like to put that together and then see it go live and, and see the reaction from everybody live in the comments and everything else? Oh, gosh. Um, it's funny. I keep referencing Barrett as though he's here, you know, but... Um, he is in spirit. Yeah, he said... We were just kind of chatting about this and I said something, you know, like I've never been so anxious about putting something out like about my work at ConvertKit. I've always been really confident in my skill set and the things that I was doing. And now it's like you're putting out this more creative piece, right? And you're kind of figuring out what we want it to be and and what makes it uniquely creator sessions. And what I loved about today's episode is that it was just that, right? It was this thing that I've been trying to create. And today it was like, there've been moments in all of them that have, have started to like mold together what creator sessions is, but Matt is such a good storyteller and clearly a really talented performer and songwriter, but there were just these funny moments, you know, like when he forgot his own lyrics and, you know, he goes and he goes, you know, Google Matt Carney, you know, <laughs> and I just thought it was it was just it was perfect, you know, and um, seeing the way that people respond to that and just seeing that happen and then finally feeling like, oh, yes, this is iconically or this is what Creator Sessions is about this really like, you know, this intimate feeling of kind of like stars or people too, uh, creators or people too, where you get to see what it's really like and the stories, like real stories behind it. So I loved it. Today's session, that was, that was by far my favorite part. I've, I've been like waiting for people to see that moment. But I saw Matt live when I was a sophomore in college. So what was that? 2006, 2006-ish. And that was the first, and I, I've been a massive fan of his ever since. And on our call, when we were working through everything, he, he remembered that, show like i mean so clearly but it was this it was a pivotal pivotal moment in my life just like i remember that night because it aligned with like it was like that his music was the anthem of that night and that's one of the like my nights in college that i remember more than any of the others because there was it was just like you know it's just in my brain as as this magic moment and he was a part of that day. And that's kind of one of the testaments to what music can do for people. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this, I mean, the session was so good. Like, I'll just share a tweet from one of our longest running customers. So like Joel Runyon, he's a good friend. I think he's been a ConvertKit customer for six years now or something like that. Uh, if not six years, it's very close. There was a time that, you know, he took a big chance on ConvertKit in the beginning and he. Like he saw the creator session, he saw sharing, and then he just starts like blowing up my phone, texting me, and, you know, he tweets about it as well and says, this is the coolest thing that ConvertKit's ever done. You know, and he just said that he's seen Matt in concert probably more than any other artist. And then, you know, he was sharing other things in the text. So basically through creator sessions, you're connecting with the artist in a totally different way. Like one of my favorite things has been seeing each artist's home studio. You know, they always have a great setup, of course, but it's, it's like, it's not... I don't know, contrived or it's not, it doesn't feel like a set at all. It's just like, here I am in my home. And like, yeah, I probably cleaned it up a little bit, but it's just like, this is where I make music. And that's been so cool. And then like, you're talking about the, the realness of it, 
you know, Matt forgetting his lyrics. I remember like one of my other favorite ones is Drew Holcomb and just him and his wife, Ellie in their living room was so good. And they're just so, so real. Anyway, it's good stuff. I, it's funny that you say that. So the example, like when I sit down and I talk with the artists and I'm talking to them about what I want to capture and what I want to make and how I want people that are watching it to feel one of the examples that I always use, and this is kind of, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but in multiple creator sessions, someone has accidentally referenced pooping, pooping, <laughs> and, but it's in, in the funniest way, like in Rose's creator session, she says, I, I love like ripping with you on stage. And she goes, not like, it sounds like I'm farting. Right. And then she jokes about that. And then in Devin Gilfillian's, he says, um, he says, sometimes, you know, in life, you're just like, you know, life's taking a dump on you. And he's like, not you <laughs> see this moment where they're kind of like, oh no, I just, you know, said that. And that's, that's the thing about these that I've loved is that they're not produced heavily. Like you are seeing them as they are and you're seeing roses. There's this this moment in hers and she goes, because, because I did. And, you know, or something like that. And you see her full personality come through and they're in their home studio. And that to your point, it just like, they feel so much more comfortable and it's just, it's meant to share them and their art and their work in the way that they want it to be shared uh, with their full personality versus them giving us something that I've asked for in that's not them. Right. It's so good. And I can't wait to see what comes of it. One thing as we've had conversations about this, right. And you and I've had those where after one goes live, you're like, can we get on a call? You know, and, and like, what do you think? Um, and I wonder if, you know, partially you're like, I hope you think this is a good use of Kids budget and you know, all the stuff, but I'd love to hear maybe your perspective and I'll weigh on it as well of like, what's a software company doing? We convert it you know, if you look at it, right, we sell email marketing software. And so here we are like putting on a concert series an at home concert series that, you know, what does that have anything to do with email marketing? And so like, just for everybody tuning in, what's the idea? What's the long-term play? Obviously it's developing as we go, but um, why? I mean, my why is because ConvertKit, you know, there's lots of email softwares out there. Right. Like we're one of, you know, what, five, six, seven and 20, 20, 25, 40, whatever. I only care about the five, you know, (laughs) you know, we're, we're one of, you know, a handful and toes of email companies out there. But what I always say when, you know, I'm talking to these creators is that our, our, we're hyper-focused on serving the creator. And I want to be able to lift up the people that use our sought like use our software, maybe don't use our software, but just to share more creative outlets of people that are are part of our community. And if we can do that, then it encourages and inspires. It like creates this like visceral feeling in people to create, you know, and Mm -hmm. when they watch a creator that is has amassed such success, like you know, like a Matt Carney or, you know, we, we are going to be releasing teaser 
Lennon Stella, who's a 20 year, you know, she's 20 years old and she, you know, mark I'm my a words, huge Lennon Stella oh, fan. I mean, mark my words, she's going to have a Grammy in her hands in less than five years. Like it's going to happen or be nominated for one. And when, when people hear their stories attached to their journey of creating art, it inspires them to create their art. And that's like our mission, right? Is to help creators earn a living. And so it's, it's really my favorite thing about this is that it's not this direct thing where we're asking creators, you know, very successful creators to partner with ConvertKit and talk about how they've used email in their business. It's designed to just share good art and inspire and entertain. And those, there's other ancillary benefits, of course, but at the, at the heart of it, it's to entertain and to inspire. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Lennon Stella, probably most famous originally for playing Maddie Conrad on the TV show Nashville. And you just watch her, right? And you get to watch her grow up over the seasons, basically, because I don't know, how old is she? 15 when she starts on the show? 14? You know, that show has concluded and everything. And now she's launched her own career. I think she's got something like 15 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. She's the 181st most listened to musician or artist on Spotify in the world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a big deal. So anyway, I'm so excited to have, have hers come out when you're talking to these artists. First of all, what do they think? Do they care what ConvertKit is? Do they, do they care what it's about? Or are they just like, sure, I'll, I'll do a concert or is it taking a lot of convincing and maybe from those early days, right? You and I have both spent a ton of time doing sales and in those very early days, sales are really hard because people like there's no, I was going to say peer pressure. What's the, like, there's no social proof, right? Because no one else uses it. So what's changed? I mean, what are those big objections? What are the conversations that you have as you're looking to book these artists? And then how has it changed as creator sessions has like started to find its legs? Yeah. In, in the beginning, it's funny because it was, you know, aligned with COVID. And Mm -hmm. the thing that happened to musicians is that they lost all of their touring revenue in in what felt like overnight. And so in the beginning, um, you know, there was and a a lot of the musicians that we were booking, you know, were musicians that weren't necessarily making their money. Like touring was the bulk of actually the way that they earned and, you know, earned their money. And so they were kind of eager in the beginning, right? And then it became it like once once that kind of had hit and settled in and the the world of of music started to find its new way through COVID, then to be honest, sales kind of got a little bit harder because then I had to sell what creator sessions was, right? I was like, this is this is what it is. But most importantly, it's really hard for people to believe that that is the so- like a software company's mission, right? That their mission is not actually about making money themselves and, you know, like that, that's not the first priority or, you know, wearing, you know, tech tees or whatever, you know, and that has been something that I've really tried to communicate because I want people and artists and people that, you know, participate in creator sessions to have this incredible experience with us and then know that we're going to represent them well. And then on the back end, know that ConvertKit is for them as a creator and that we're going to do our best to elevate their voice and elevate their art. And what that does 
is all of a sudden they're like, hey, if I need email marketing and that's how I communicate to my audience, then they're like, well, that's who I, I want to be a part of this company and this company's mission. And I want to give my money, you know, hard-earned money to grow my audience to a company who's aligned with me. It was, it was, it was easy in the beginning, then it got hard. And now as we're starting to like build what it actually is, and people are seeing like artists doing it. And then I'm having these conversations about what it is and who we are. They're like, oh my gosh, sign me up. You know, I, I had this conversation. I can't even yesterday. I smiled all day long because I had this conversation with a national geographic uh, filmmaker and photographer. Her name is Amy Vitali. And we just talked and our conversation was so unbelievably like it impacted me in so many ways. And just like an hour long call that was only supposed to be 20 minutes. And, you know, um, I think we're going to create something really magical. And then we talked about ConvertKit and she was like, sign me up. I'm ready to, you know, like I'm ready to make the switch. And that was a really like fulfilling that that's just, it's an additional benefit of what it is that we're doing is that I get the opportunity to fully share what our mission is. And then they feel so much more connected to us as a company in return. Yeah. So I kind of see it like from the, the long-term perspective, if I take off the, this is so much fun to create hat and put on the business hat and it's like, okay, you know, obviously we're, we're spending money on our time, our infrastructure, booking artists, all of this. And how does it play into the business long-term? I think about a couple of things. One, uh, the brand being a big thing of just, you know, and holding up the plaque, little plaque check. Um, everybody's got them. Not quite everybody. I think I need to do around. I haven't done a round of plaques in like a year. So I've got to go make a bunch more. Um, but there, there's definitely that brand side of we are aligned with creators. It's playing all the way through and people say, oh, you don't just mean creators as authors or bloggers or podcasters. You mean creators as in National Geographic photographers, um, musicians. And we always done a little bit like, you know, we've had Tim McGraw as a customer for a long time. And so you can, you know, like his, uh, his manager, uh, or his VP of marketing has a quote on it. I believe it's still on our homepage, you know? So there's things like that where we're like, Oh, for people like this too, you know, it really starts to align our, our brand in that way. Kind of the next thing that you touched on is these people actually end up becoming customers, which it was never part of the like there's not a spreadsheet that says, oh, the return on investment will be in um, 14 months, you know, <laughs> based on this kind of thing. Like that doesn't exist. But it's one of those things where if you do these great things that you believe in, like those byproducts are going to come from it. And we've been blown away that I'm not sure who all I can say has become customers yet in the works, but really a lot of these incredible artists that we've been working with um, are have made the switch to ConvertKit or are about to. And then kind of that last thing is because it's, it's entertainment, you know, it's creating something that people can really connect with uh, at home and, and go from there. So that's the long-term play. Um, something that you and I have always talked about. And every time I bring it up, cause people are like, what, what's the deal? Creator sessions are cool, but what's the deal? Just wait, like tune in each week, but give it five years. I don't know if this is, um, something we should say publicly or not, but I imagine like NPR's tiny desk concerts, you know, like that's a real thing now. And so 
convert at creator sessions. We expect to be on that level. We just want to live out our own values of like show up every day for years. And then we think it can turn into that. I would be lying if I said I don't lose sleep at night thinking about, you know, like where I want this to go and how I could change this and make, you know, and, and putting, but ultimately putting tiny desk, right. As this like place where I want to get to, I think that the ingredients are there, right. It's all going to be about execution and about continuing to show up, but on, on kind of the back end, it's like, you know, Derek was talking today, uh, Derek, the director of marketing was talking today about like the, you know, our creator flywheel and creator sessions is about being a part of the creator community. And yeah. the more we participate in creator sessions, you know, you've said this several times, but like, we want this to get to a point where next time Taylor Swift drops an album, she says, well, I want to be a part of creator sessions as part of, you know, the promotion for this new thing that I'm doing. And that might be a far reaching goal, but like nobody ever gets to a far reaching goal unless they dream up this idea. And, um, if it takes two years to get there, then awesome. But if it takes five years to get there, then that's awesome too. And that's, that's kind of, that's the hope. Yeah. Teddy dropped a couple questions in that I'd love to cover. He talks about, well, he asks, are we using past creators that we've booked, you know, like Matt Carney and roses and others when booking future uh, creators. Has that been a thing where you're able to get that social proof from past sessions? A hundred percent. Yeah. They're like, who else has done it? And then you show them. And then I pull actually clips like cool clips, you know, and send them uh, a bunch of clips on it. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge, it, it, music is a business. I mean, at its core, like it is a business. Right. And so people, um, you know, what I, one of the things I've experienced is when people decide whether or not they're going to do this, one of the first questions that they're asking is, you know, like, how is it going to be promoted? Or am I just like doing this for, you know, this, this, like an entertainment piece for the 50 employees that work at this company. And, you know, it's going to inspire the internal team. And we're like, no, no, (laughs) we're going to share this with the world. And then all of a sudden it's a, it's a different conversation and at least early on in the beginning. Right. And then we pull back and we're saying, we're not asking you to promote the brand convert kit. We're not asking you to say convert, you know, to, to wear a create every day shirt, you know, that's, that's not our ask for this. And then the conversation kind of continues to narrow down to what our real ask is. And the next conversation is who else, who else has done it? Um, because they are aligning, you know, they're making sure that they're representing their brand. Well, you know, one example is we've had, you know, one, we had two really artists and neither of them have been released yet, but, they would not allow us to take and edit their film. They wanted to have full control over their film and how they were represented because it so aligns with their individual brand presence. It's, but yes, social proof has been very helpful. Yeah. um, That makes me think of another question that Joel was texting me actually of like, how does this work? Did you send a film crew to their house? Like, I think people will appreciate the scrappy side of it. So give the full rundown of what happens. How do we get, you know, multiple camera angles? What's it shot with? How is the sausage actually made? You know, Henry and myself are flying in full hazmat suits, uh, you know, by private jet on ConvertKit's dime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we right now actually, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that Selena Gomez uh, commercial ad that went out that was like shot on an iPhone 11, right? When the iPhone came out and it was her music video. 
I can't remember the name of it, but it was the one that was about Justin Bieber. That is what we're doing right now. Uh, Today, we've been using everything is done on, on an iPhone 11. And we have two different angles that are being set up and then they're connecting or uh, collecting additional audio. Matt's, he actually is, his wife is an actress and he is, he wanted everything to be so perfect. And so we make sure that we do it on like a 4k camera, which is why we use the iPhone 11 because um, you'd be surprised. Not all artists are great at collecting films. So if it's in 4k um, it allows Henry, our filmmaker, who's unbelievably talented to like punch in and uh, adjust the frame. And you know what? I have made a lot of mistakes on this, assuming making an assumption that people know uh, (laughs) how to set it up. Yeah. How to set things up. And we've gotten a lot better. We have, so right now everything has been done on iPhones because almost everybody knows iPhones. Uh, We have a couple additional changes that are going to be made and we are actually transitioning to using three full cameras um, that are framed appropriately and uh, on areas that we want. And then we'll, we'll get even better quality film now, but I keep, I keep saying, I know it's great. At least some of them have been really great, but I keep saying it's COVID quality film. So don't judge us too harshly. Especially with these musicians um, or even like Shannon Wilde being a, a filmmaker, right? They understand this space, right? They're not going to send you anything with bad audio because they have their home studios. And, you know, I think of Sam Getz, right? In his studio and, you know, he's got his mic placed just right. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's his world. He knows it. Sam's, it was funny because Sam's manager, Mark, you know, I, I've known him for a while and he goes, uh, I said something in like in an email chain. This is early on, like, <laughs> you know, I knew that. And uh, I said something about capturing the audio. You know, I said, I can send him, uh, um, you know, <laughs> an audio tool if needed. And he said, nah, that's not necessary. Sam has a $20,000 mic in his recording studio. And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. So are you like putting some iPhones and some tripods and stuff like that and shipping it to them? I thought you knew that when you saw the expense, you know, you don't, you don't monitor all the expenses, Nathan. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is it bad if I admit that I don't know how much any of this costs? <laughs> I'd prefer it stay that way. Uh, but That's right. There is a spreadsheet that I log into from time to time, just because I'm curious to see who's coming up. That did bring up something that Teddy touched on as well about all these artists being storytellers and like that being the thing that resonates the most, right? Is that it's not, and this goes for, I think everything you're creating, right? You see it with YouTubers and everything else. It's not the YouTubers who have the best cameras or the podcasters who have the best mics or that, that sort of thing. It's the people who can tell the stories. And that's the thing that comes through, through all of these sessions, you know, is that they're always like just telling a great story and then rolling right into you know, the song inspired by it. Like, I'll, I'm going to keep listening to Ships in the Night by Matt. And, but now I know like much more of the story behind it. And, uh, you know, that's just what's so special. Yeah, it's, it's, that's been actually really interesting is trying to make sure that the artists that I'm booking are good. They can articulate because not all creators can articulate about their work, right? You know, there's, there, a lot of people are so introspective and it's hard to communicate it. You know, like their gift is sharing it through, you know, playing their actual music. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it's like an extra special gift when you get someone that can both sing and share about, you know, the process of creating that art. It's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted Tyrone Wells to do this with us so badly because he, he's been such a huge part of like my, it was very personal for me to have him on. It sounds so cheesy, but 
you know, I, like he's just such an important artist in my life, like as far as like moments and lyrically and you know all these things. But I wanted him to do it because he's so dang good at telling stories and it just makes people so connected to him. And like in the chat, when you were, you know, when people were watching his episode, there was this, you know, one woman who was saying that her, um, you know, basically Tyrone's music helped her whole family navigate her daughter who had, I think it was daughter or son, uh, one of her kids who had cancer and that his music helped them navigate that thing and brought them, you know, joy and peace, you know, but it's, it's having people that are good storytellers. I mean, gosh, it just makes the music that much better. Yeah, it does. Okay. Joel Runyon sent me a whole list of his dream artists for us to have on creator sessions. Teddy uh, mentioned Kygo in the chat of who he would love to have. Who's on your list? Maybe who's on the list that you think you might be able to get maybe. And then who's on the list of like, I'm putting it out there in the universe, you know, Taylor Swift. I would. Um, oh gosh. I mean, I would love to have like Anderson Pack. I would love to have Maggie Rogers. I am so fascinated. I've used her as an example in ConvertKit conversations several times, but she just speaks to my soul, like really just speaks to my soul. Another person I'd really like uh, is, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Kaleo. Um, I'm not. Oh gosh. He is just a dream. He's so talented. I saw him live actually at Coachella and it may, I've, I'd been a fan for a long time. And when I saw him live, I was like, just, yeah, he's about to release a new, new album as well, but he's, you put him on your list. And then I can't not say Taylor Swift or else I might actually not have a job tomorrow. So Taylor (laughs) Swift. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of, since we're on the topic, and this is a uh, a show on a Friday afternoon where we riff on everything. What do you think of the new album? Oh, uh, the song with Bon Iver, Bon Iver. I can't. I've I've seen him play live. He was amazing, but that song with that collaboration the two of them did was just so good. And it was the first time that I actually heard his like full voice like that because mm-hmm. the song opens up with him like a full. It's yeah, there's, there's nothing added to it. It's just his voice. And it was right. really captivating and super, something super different that I hadn't heard come from him. But the whole album is far more melodramatic than anything I've heard her put out. And I, I dig it. It's more like background style music. You're like, you're just hanging out. And I, I love the vibe. I love it. What yeah. about you? I mean, I feel like now I have Taylor for every mood. Like, you know, if I'm like, angry and want to beat somebody at something like the competitive side, then we've got the reputation album. If we just want like uh, fun pop, we've got 1989, you know, if you want like romantic pop, we've got lover. And now it's just like, it's not, you know, if you just have, a, have this like alternative, you know, thoughtful, relaxed mood, then now we've got folklore. So I think it's pretty great. Who's on my list? Um, a lot of who I've been listening to has actually been driven by creator sessions lately. So that's been really fun. Like Tyrone Wells and Drew Holcomb. Why don't you say who, if you can, what some creator sessions are that are coming up? Because I don't know what which ones I'm allowed to talk about and which ones I'm not. <laughs> you mentioned Lennon Stella and I've had her on repeat for yeah, um, quite a while now. I feel real comfortable talking about next week because we're going to, you know, like obviously we're going to announce it in just a couple of days, but uh, there is a, and this is one of the reasons why I love them so much. How many British country bands do you know? You know, there's like none. They don't exist except one exists uh, there. It's a, a duo called the Shires and 
I have never heard two people that are not in a relationship, right, or related in some capacity harmonize the way that they do. It is, they're like so captivating to listen to and uh, they are coming up next week and I am just like, I just can't, they're, they're, it's going to be so good. That was the one that I wasn't sure if I could say. So I've had the Shires on repeat ever since you mentioned that you booked them. Um, I threw in a couple others. I mean, obviously, Hamilton is still top of mind. So if you want to get Lin-Manuel, Leslie Adam Jr., you know, just sneaking that in there. The problem with some of them, especially like with Broadway, Broadway performers, is that the music is impossible to license. Right. That, you know, hey, you want to talk about lessons that I've learned in this? Music licensing. Like, mind blown, you know? And... uh that has been quite the learning curve uh, for me and not something I really thought I was going to have to fully understand, but I know more about music licensing now than I ever thought I would. What have been some of those other roadblocks that like you didn't expect to encounter? You're like, okay, this is, I'm going to have to overcome these three things. And then something totally from left field uh, causes you problems. Contracts, how I can yeah. use like, for example, um, I'm required to show them ahead of time you know, like the final episode and final cut, even though they're delivering us the film and to make sure that I get their approval, anything that is said about them, anything that has their face on, it has to have their approval length of time. The word perpetuity, don't even try it. Like that was something I wasn't fully prepared for, which is, it makes sense because it's actually why, you know, I mean, I haven't dug it, like asked somebody specifically this from NPR, but it's why things come out of the archive because they can relicense the music after a certain oh, okay. like, length of time. So that's, that was something that I just like wasn't prepared for. And then agencies, right. Is that their agencies are like, you know, the assistant to someone that you're going after for a sales pitch, right? Like you're trying to get them as a customer and agency is this road blocker. And maybe the artist might be totally up for doing something like this, but the agency might say, nah, not quite, you know? Uh, and so really making sure that your pitch to the agency is on point and you have all the things that you need to know about that artist and why you want them to be involved and just to make sure you come at it very clearly from the very beginning. Cause there've been a couple people that we pitched. Um, and some of these, I don't know if I should say this, you know, exactly all the people, but some of these we've pitched and my plan is always to come back because the thing they might say like, don't have time right now, or this doesn't really align with my brand, you know, or things like that. And I'm like, but we want to pay you. We want to give you money. You know, is the money not enough? And uh, Sometimes money's not enough. And that that's a lesson that, you know, I have to step back and, and figure out how I can work through that. And that's just creating creator sessions, creating right. good work, and then having them see the work and putting it out. So they're aware that it exists. And then when the ask comes, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm already familiar with Creator Sessions. Matt Carney did one. Oh, Lennon Stella yeah. did one or, you know, whoever. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And Alan in the chat is mentioning like, oh, licensing. Yep. That makes sense. So he's he's understanding that. So that's why I love these behind the scenes looks into what's happening, because there's just so much that you don't expect. I'll go from there. Uh, we, Teddy throws out Dave Matthews would be a, a great Creator Session. Yeah, I'd love to do get Tim McGraw um, since, you know, he's been a customer for a while. We don't quite have that relationship, but it'd be pretty, pretty great to have him do one. Uh, and his like just down to his style, like we saw when he did his book tour, he would just be so entertaining. And, and I think people would love 
you know, like now he's so famous, right. That there's just not that connection. And so I, like, um, I imagine bringing it much closer of, you know, I think people would love the more impromptu, like in the living room feel, uh, that'd be a really fun one. The last thing I'll say about this, and this is, is I, to be honest, I've gotten a little bit of anxiety about this early on that I really want to book artists that everyone knows, right? Because I want people to be from a business perspective. I want people to be excited about it. I want people to recognize their name. You know, I want people to tune in and comment, but that's not really all that realistic to the creator journey. And I also want there to be some like out of left field where you're like, who the heck is that? And then be further and then find yourself where the listeners, the people that are part of it, find yourself really enjoying me, like learning about this new artist that might, you might not see on the top 100 on the Spotify list. So, you know, a great example of that is, um, I booked this reggae band, um, called Treehouse, and, you know, I, I'm really excited to release theirs. I got their film back actually today and I haven't watched all of it, but he, he is an artist. I mean, he has a band when he goes out in tours, he has a band of, I think six, six guys. Right. And they all, they're all, you know, he's reggae and they're all playing all these really cool different uh, instruments. But when he's alone, he's mixing and doing everything solo. It's so cool. And you wouldn't think that when you're listening to a reggae, like that there's deep lyric, like deep meaning behind lyrics in reggae music, but there is. And I'm excited to show people like him as well because then you're going to get a different understanding for a creator that might have like um, a, a different type of journey than maybe someone like Elena and Stella might've had in her career and, you know, showcase, like I said, it's all about showcasing good art, whether you're, you know, have a million followers on Instagram, or maybe if you have, you know, 500 a thousand. or a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, what's so good. Cause I mean, I feel like creator sessions is this thing that we're going to be working on for a long time before it like really breaks through and turns into it something. But when you book an artist that someone really cares about and you know, like the reaction today from even just my Twitter following when we're like, here's Matt Carney. And everyone's like, I had at least three people if not four or more be like, wait, what, how did you, you know, and they'd known creator sessions is something that's happening. And they're like, okay. But then you bring in a name, someone that they've followed for a long time, like Matt, Matt Carney. And they're like, tell me all about this, what's going on. And, you know, and now they're a fan of creator sessions. And then, you know, the next one isn't going to be someone as famous as that. It's going to be someone where we're like, you don't know about this person yet, but damn, are they talented and let me get them in front of you. And so having that, that balance to go back and forth, I think is really good. Does that not bring it back to we exist to help others create a living though, right? Like it's that flywheel. So it's by, by putting an artist, you know, like we'll use Treehouse as an example, you know, which is to come, but by putting an artist like Treehouse, you know, up next to an artist like a Matt Carney or a Lennon Stella, right? What, what does that do to propel their career, right? Somebody's in a playlist on YouTube and they see a clip of Lennon Stella and then they see a clip of someone like that, you know, and, and, you know, people aren't necessarily looking and being like, Ooh, how many followers do they have? They're just seeing that it's right. good art, that it's good music and that it's a good, mm-hmm. you know, show. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, 30,000 people all of a sudden know who this guy Treehouse is, you know, Jeremy from Treehouse, you know, and, and that's a cool, that that's what, convert kids whole mission is. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's so good. So there's kind of these different angles as we start to wrap up, just thinking about how do we know 
when creator sessions has been successful, right? And the first thing is that we're not, we have to be careful. And I think everyone creating art or launching something new has to be really careful of this, that you don't measure it too soon, right? Because if you measure it too soon, you're like, oh, this got 500 views or this got 5,000 views or whatever. And you know, you're like, oh, is that worth it? I don't know. And it, that would be like starting a writing habit. And then on day seven, it'd be like, hey, you know, nobody's reading these blog posts. I think, I think maybe I should, I should give it up. And so the first thing, right, is we have to think really long-term. We have to think in years, not weeks. And then the next thing is really looking at, okay, what are those moments when we feel like we've made it? When this has, you know, even if it takes five years or more. And one for me is like we've talked about, getting an artist who says, oh, I have my album coming out. I have to do my convert your creator session. That's like being on the level of Tiny Desk or one of these others. But then the other would be like building a big enough audience that we could debut an artist and that they could have that, right? Their career, they got that initial success. They're going along. They're, you know, they're getting the audience built. Like they've got momentum, but every new fan, every new follower is a struggle. And then they do their creator session. And that is like, no matter how big, that is an inflection point in their career. And so those are like the two success metrics that I'm looking for in creator sessions of like, when we can pull off those, those two things, like, that's perfect. Cause then we're living out our mission all the way through. Yeah. That's man. I'm glad you just reiterated that. Cause like I said, it's, you know, sp- I'm spending money, like a fair amount of it, you know? And, um, it, that, like I said, it, there's this anxiety piece of me. That's like, Oh man, I better, <laughs> I better follow through. But your message right there just reiterates, you know, again, like what the intention of ConvertKit is. It's why I'm such like why I'm so proud to be an employee because, you know, we put our money where our mouth is, you know, we treat our employees that like our mission aligns with what we're doing in the market. Our mission aligns with what we're doing internally, our mission, you know, and that everything that we're doing is again for the creator. Like, of course, we're looking at there's these up, there's these business intentions or things that we have to do to run a business, right? But yeah, you can't measure something like this too soon. Um, and I'm, you know, thanks for reminding me that that's your perspective. It helps me, it helps me go to sleep at night. <laughs> but I have just like enjoyed doing these so much. It like fuels this creative spirit in me, but it also you know, has allowed me to flex like these sales or business development skills that I've had because I'm able to communicate who ConvertKit is. And it, like I said, it's, it's proven to be, um, thus far, it's proven to, to, you know, be beneficial in that arena as well. Yeah. Well, we've proven that we can talk about this topic for a long time. We've got other questions that came in about, uh, what's coming up in ConvertKit. We'll cover those in future sessions because, I'm just going to keep this totally focused on creator sessions. So I want to just wrap up with one thought. And this is a conversation that you and I had. And then later I shared with the team because one worry that I had, right, as we started to do this is that I didn't expect the broader community to get it. Like the software company, creator sessions, what's the deal? But that's okay. We can convince them later. We can show, like we can demonstrate over time. But I was a little worried about the team having the right perspective on it, especially because, you know, we are spending a fair amount of money. Everyone who's followed ConvertKit knows that we have profit sharing where over half of all the profit in the company gets distributed to the team. So you're not like, eh, whatever, it's on the company credit card. It's like, no, this is, this is our money that we're spending. So we got to believe in it. And so kind of, as I was saying, like, Haley, make sure we measure this in 
five years or more um, rather than in, in weeks or months. I want to talk about Michelin stars because this is something that I think some people know, a lot of people don't. I've been reading this book uh, that's really good by Danny Meyer, uh, and it's called Setting the Table. And so Danny runs a bunch of incredible restaurants in New York City. He's like probably one of the most famous. Like he's so good. So like Union Square Cafe, what is it, Eleven Madison Madison Park, I think, and then like Shake Shack, and he's he's done so many others. And reading this, he's talking about you know Michelin stars getting these ratings, all that in the in that world. And, and so you're thinking like Michelin stars. Where did that come from? The only Michelin I know is a tire brand, but those can't be related. And if you dig into the story, you realize that no, Michelin stars is Michelin tires. And basically back in the early 1900s, they were selling tires. People had cars, but they didn't have anywhere to go and they didn't have destinations. And so they started putting out their guide, places worth driving to with your brand new Michelin tires. And then they started rating restaurants and then they started putting out their Michelin guides and then they started giving out Michelin stars. And that's how you, you, know, you ended up with this tire company becoming the pinnacle of restaurant success and chef success because they stuck with it for so long and they played that role. And so that's basically what we think about when it comes to creator sessions. Not that we're going to be necessarily the Michelin stars of, of uh, musicians. We don't, you know, that's not something that's needed, but really that you can play this role. You can really bring an entirely new element to a brand, um, a feeling of, of luxury and brand loyalty and, and everything else when you show up and deliver quality for such a, such a long amount of time. And so, you know, over time, people won't just be thinking about ConvertKit as like, oh yeah, that's how you get emails in the inbox, right? They've got the best deliverability. They'll be thinking about, oh, a ConvertKit creator session. That's where they're supporting artists, debuting artists. That's where they are fulfilling their mission to help all artists and creators earn a living. That's why we do it. So that was, that was absolutely perfect. I think my, the only thing I can add is that you know, my worry when we first launched this, you know, and it may be because you're the CEO and everyone's anxious about what you're thinking. Does Nathan like this? You know, all those things. But my worry was that this was going to be like new and exciting in the beginning. And then mm. once like it kind of wore off, people were going to like be like, oh, doing something with Drew Holcomb, you know, which was the first musician that that did this with us is that everyone was so excited. You know, they got on, you know, you might have been one of the ones that got on your Instagram and said, we're doing this thing, join. Right. And then and then it, it becomes less of this thrill in the beginning. But the way that I overcome that fear and anxiety that's 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 not driven by anyone that anyone else is doing, it's driven just by what's in here is by just continuing to create this thing that's worth watching. And then people aren't going to leave because it's so it's good. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, man, I, I don't know if I should open it up, but like, Hey guys, you guys got some feedback. If there's, is there something you want to be a part of creator sessions that you're not seeing, you know, email Nathan at, no. <laughs> Haley at conversion.com. Yeah. Oh, that'll go to the other Haley. So don't do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Haley J. Yeah, Haley J. <laughs> um, but you know, like I I want to make this something that is worthy of doing for five years. And that mm-hmm. that means that it will certainly change and iterate over time as we start to like really, to your point, like get 
creator sessions, it's legs to where people see it. And they're like, this is a creator session. Like tiny desk does that because of the tiny desk, right? It's this physical thing. It's the setting that they're in. They see it and they're like, that's tiny desk, right? It's literally a tiny desk. I want this to feel, I don't, even though I'm, I'm driven, I'm again, going off on another tangent, but driven by aesthetics. And I want, you know, where I set up, you know, do my intros and outros or whatever. I want that to look nice. I don't care about that because I want the content. I want it to like someone to see it and be like, oh, this is a creator session, right? Like because of the feeling that they get and because of the funny moments that happen or the way that it's produced or, you know, and so, man, I'm just going to keep trying to do that. And then hopefully people continue to love it. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us today. And I'd say for everyone listening, just keep going for a long time. Even after we've, you know, I don't know, maybe made it with ConvertKit. We still, when we launch something new, we have that long time horizon because that's what it takes as a creator to be successful. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back on Monday. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,